do it. And by it, I do, of course, mean the Enemy Slime Podcast, episode number 192. I am your usual host, Jared, and today I am two-manning it with my best buddy, Mr. Doug Wilson. Hey, for only two ninety nine, you can hear my intro logo. We should try that sometime. We should part out the podcast uh, so that, you know, if you want to, like, finish it, uh, you have to pay us a little extra for it. God, are we already doing that with the pre-show? I think so. Uh, so we've actually, we've been pioneers in this market for a while. And for for a limited time only, we've reduced the price of the pre-show 75%. Yeah, that's not true. Uh, so don't, don't try it. Um, but, you know, uh, we're... We, I think we need to just obviously jump right into the big thing this week, uh, which is that Doug and I are both so fucking stoked for the upcoming uh, Star Wars game, Battlefront, Battlefront 2. 2. Battlefront 2. Let's hear it. Uh, I, I mean, Jesus Christ, Doug, go through. The, what, what do we got? We got, you got Ray, you got Darth Vader, you got um, Aiden Versio. She's uh, awesome. You got every everything that you would want in uh in a Star Wars game. It takes place across all three. That's right. Follow me here. All three, three eras of the Star Wars universe. I'm talking prequels. I'm talking regulars. I'm talking new Star Wars. Even the ones that aren't finished yet. No, <laughs> I don't think so. Oh. Wouldn't that be cool if there was like a huge spoiler in it? Like just a just a colossal like basically just ruins everything about whatever the the ninth episode is. Oh, you mean the spoiler like, like Ray is actually Emperor Palpatine reborn? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like something like that. Um, that's where they're going. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's where they're heading. Um, what's what's the in the prequels? There's the Jedi that uh, he tells Anakin about, who found the cure. Oh, uh, Cipher Diaz. No, no, wait. Uh... Um, oh, shit. oh no! I know Cipher. Why do I know that name though? I know that because he's, he's in the prequels. He's the guy that ordered the clones. Uh, it's uh, Pla- Plagueis the Wise. Uh, yeah, Darth Plagueis the Wise. Plagueis the Wise. Sifo Diaz. Yeah, I remember this guy. Oh no, it's going go to play audio. <laughs> they go to Camino, and then Obi Wan's like, "Oh, Sifo Diaz, ordered all these clones." Where did he sound like an old timey prospector when he did it too? Where's that there, Sappho Diaz? And his, I have one, I have one voice, and it's old timey prospector, and his, all right. And his clone army. Should we just do the rest of the podcast as old timey? I gotta say, Doug, I am looking forward to the campaign in Battlefront Two. Uh, it it is. Real fun. It's uncharted territory. We have never had a Battlefront campaign. Actually, have we? I never played the original Battlefronts. I think the original. I don't know if they had like a like they didn't have like a story campaign. I think, but they had a Galactic Conquest. I, I I don't know. I don't think they really had anything you could consider an actual full campaign. But they had like a single player mode, right? Yeah, it was like I think you just kind of did the maps in order, and you had like objectives and shit. I never. I don't think I ever played either of them like this is a series that i know like holds us a, a special place in like a lot of people's hearts um but not me really i don't i don't really have any uh like to... i i get the appeal but at the same time i'm not a humongous first person shooter fan so it's like eh. i'm trying to find i want to know who made it because i don't even think i know it was pandemic that's right uh who actually wasn't pandemic yeah, they were. Pandemic was acquired by Electronic Arts and then shuttered. Yep. How fucking fitting is that? The, here we are now, once again, uh, in this situation. I mean, on, only EA could bring the Star Wars story to life. I mean, that's true. When you think when you think Star Wars, what do you think? You think big budget. When you think big budget, what do you think of? You think of Electronic Arts, the most successful video game studio of all time, with the ex- and- exception maybe of Activision. And I think about Bosk. Yes, I think about Bosk too, who is uh, one of the heroes in Star Wars Battlefront 2. Um, I'm pretty stoked. I don't know how much you know about this, but there was uh, there was talk of it taking 40 hours to unlock a character. Um, and uh, EA apparently responded to the controversy and, and uh, lowered it to 10 hours, roughly. Um, so that's good. That's That's good. Mike, well, I, I see. I don't really see the problem because if the game is so good, 
for 40 hours will go through like a blast. Like yeah. you'll just be like, oh, I'm done. That is very true. Uh, so, I mean, it's really no big deal anyway. My question is, uh, it's 40 hours to unlock a character. Does that imply that you get to pick the character that you unlock or is it random? Because, oh, of course not. Because how hilarious would it be if you worked 40 hours and then you unlocked Bosk? <laughs> I'm sure there is. Th- there are three Star Wars fans that would be incredibly stoked. I mean, and the other 99% of them would be very upset. I would want to unlock Bosk uh, so that I could use his legendary Transdotion. Ah, fuck, I said it wrong. God damn it. Transdotion Blaster. The Transdotion Blaster. Have you looked it up? Do you know what it is? It's a a blaster made by the Transdotions. Oh, just like Mandalorian armor. Uh,. Oh, there it right. is, the Trandoshan Blaster. There's an entire Wikipedia or w- oh, of course there is Wikipedia article about it. Uh, it was uh, used during the Clone Wars on the moon Waska around 21 BBY for uh, the Battle of Yavin. For those that don't know, or is it is it 21 BBY or is it 21 Baby? <laughs> 21 babies ago. <laughs> 21 Baby. Uh, he well, I mean that could make sense. Like the birth of 21 people. He and his hunters installed a special device in these blasters. If a prisoner on Waska had possession of one of these blasters with the device, the blaster would disable itself. Hondo Onaka's pirate gang also made use of these weapons. Oh, Hondo Onaka, really? Yeah, wow. it's true. Hondo Onaka, uh, who I'm is he in the is he in Battlefront too? <laughs> he not yet, but maybe with some DLC. Uh, if we should, if we can get so lucky, uh, weapon was also used during the Galactic Civil War. Much uh, sometime after the Battle of Yavin, uh, a group of Trandoshans led by the bounty hunter Bosk used these blasters during Han Solo's mission to Kashyyyk. I didn't know Han Solo went on a mission to Kashyyyk. Um, the The wiki says this was between zero baby and three ab aby. I don't know what that after is. baby after baby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that makes sense there was the time before baby and now we're after now we're after baby uh it's perfect um so <laughs> you played the beta right i i did play the beta for a little bit and i mean again like neither of us are qualified to talk about this game at all because we have no attachment or care uh really but what did you think I mean, it, it, you know, it was a, you know, standard, you know, class first person shooter. Um, you could, you know, you, you pick your assault, your sniper, uh, specialist and just a regular old soldier guy and you run around shooting people. Um, I think the only, the only ones they had in the beta was like a kind of objective based. Mm-hmm. So I think the two map, the only map I played was I think Naboo where you could be either the clone troopers or the robots. And you just, you know, if you're the clone troopers, you try and protect the, Naboo uh, capital and if you're the robots you try and get it so I mean it, it was fine it was just a regular old first person shooter um, the other mode they had was actually like the uh, dog fighting mode oh which, like like a space battle thing yeah and so for that like you I mean, you know you could pick either you could be a bomber or a you know an x-wing or something like that and uh, again, just more more objectives. Those they didn't have any sort of deathmatch mode or anything like that. But the, so that's a mode where you're just playing like ship to ship combat or what? Cor- correct. Yeah, the, oh. I was never asked to board or anything and start shooting like regular. But you just you know flew your vehicle around you're and just it, in the ship. Yeah, it, it was fun. I, I'm not very good at it, but I didn't know it even had a mode like that. Um, when I think, uh, well, maybe we can maybe we can move on to this later. But so. I I am having a hard time following what's happening here, and I don't think it's as interesting as everybody else thinks. Uh, so, you know, maybe we won't spend too long on it. But basically, EA is the greatest company ever, uh, and they're I I compared it to Donald Trump. They're Donald Trumping really hard here, where basically like they're doing all the shittiest things they can do, and then they're just getting away with them. Uh, because it's Star Wars, and mm-hmm. so they just it it, it it doesn't matter. They can literally. It, it's like if I brought you a cake, right? And the cake had a big piece of dog shit just on the top of it, and you and you said to me, you're like, you know, this is a really nice cake, but can we do something about this dog shit? And so I cut half of the dog shit off, and then replaced it with other shit. 
uh, maybe maybe cat shit. <laughs> and but I mean, I'm still going to eat that cake. That's the big problem: is that you're still going to eat that cake. And even if you know better than to eat that cake, there's a million other fucking idiots outside who are going to be more than happy to eat that cake. There's some fat, smelly nerd behind me who's saying, "You going to eat that?" There's. Uh, I've told this story before, but I always think back to Rust when they very first took zombies out. Uh, my favorite thing ever was to go through the comments on Steam and see all the people who are like, fuck this game. This is what, they can't do this. And then you look up their profile and they're playing Rust. And they have like 400 hours. Oh yeah. And they're like in game right then, like hours after posting the comments saying they were quitting. Uh, like it just, it, it words mean nothing uh, on the internet. And so this this game I am very confident is going to do great. And well, of course, there, there's no way it won't. Yeah, it's it's going to do just fine. Uh, the name carries a lot of pedigree, not just Star Wars, but Battlefront. Um, even the last Battlefront, which by all accounts, even for all the microtransaction bullshit, this Battlefront still looks better than the one that we already got. Yeah, it, there's more. There's significantly more content. I will say that there's than a, the first one. There's a lot more content. There's an entire single player campaign. I'm sure it's short. I'm sure it's like a five or six hour I think they did clock it at about five hours. Uh, yeah, I mean that makes sense. That's that's part of the course. Um, I might I might be willing to even with all this bullshit. I might be willing to put in a rent just to see. Yeah, I I have I my whole next week I'm off, so I need something to do. I might I might just run to Redbox, rent this, play the campaign, and return it. We should we should we should do that. We should pick it up and uh, and just play like a multiplayer match, and uh, and and then just clear out the campaign. And support Electronic Arts, the most yes. the most devious, brilliant uh, video game publisher ever. Um, I really am curious, like what what else they can do, and 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 just get like how egregious they they can kind of go. Uh, I so I guess my next idea is um, for the maybe the Mass Effect sequel because that's another beloved property that they can just you know do whatever they want with. It's not like Star Wars, uh, so they can't get away with too much, but. Mm-hmm. Follow me here. The CEO of Electronic Arts takes each game case and removes the disc and replaces it with a bunch of his pubes <laughs> and then sends that to you. And then what you do is you pay an additional $20 and then they'll mail the disc back to you. I like it. Well, that that's good because then you get the game and some dude's pubes. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. It's it's the best of both worlds. I get to play Mass Effect and I own pubes because I can't get any of my own. You heard it here first. Well, your own pubes aren't that special, but you know, get a handful of someone else's pubes. That's <laughs> That's true. Nothing's better. Nothing nothing brightens up uh, uh, your face like opening up a envelope uh <laughs> and finding a bunch of pubes inside. <laughs> I think like gray pubes too. Because he's an old, he's probably an old guy. Is he? I don't even know. I feel like he's a young uh, guy in like a blazer, but the blazer's over like a video game t-shirt. Um, a- Andrew Wilson is the current CEO. Yep, you found him at the same time as me. Oh, see, doesn't he look like a massive tool? Oh, yeah. He's only 43, so yeah, his pubes aren't great yet. No, he's got good pubes. Um, not Strong, like, not healthy like pubes. Peter Moore. Peter Moore had bad pubes. No. Uh, so I don't want his, but, uh, but Andrew Wilson, um, yeah, you can tell he's got, he's got some good pubes. Oh, and he's got a brown belt in Brazilian jiu-jitsu. You don't want to fuck with him. Oh shit, he does? Yeah. No way. And he loves, he loves FIFA. I really don't like this guy. That's why he's so bold with the Star Wars property is he knows that even if it does come down to it and someone like comes to his house, he can just fight them. He can. And it won't matter anyway. Or he can beat him in soccer. And in fact, speaking of which, I, I saw one of the uh, one of the devs from Dice on Twitter was uh, counting how many death threats he got, and uh, I don't remember what his number stopped at, but it was in the thousands. Uh, and so he's like, for legal purposes, I am counting the number of death threats that I have received, as though it will matter. Um, like, I, I don't necessarily understand giving the developers like the death threats because I, I am sure the developers would rather just not. You know, and do these kind of schemes. Oh, sure. Yeah. I mean, it's got to actually really suck to like put a bunch of work into a game, uh, you know, like you're sweating blood and, and make something that you think is like really cool and then have your publisher just like cripple it with all this and the, shit. 
and then, you know, having to be like talk to the people and, and spout the corporate line saying it's a good thing. Yeah, their their community manager uh, slipped up a little bit um, a couple times. There was there was one tweet where they uh, called everybody complaining armchair developers. Oh, goody. Uh, and nobody really responded well to that. And then the really big one is the comment on uh, Reddit. And I don't even know if I can find it. Um, but did you see their explanation for why they why it took 40 hours uh, to, to unlock uh, it or whatever? I don't think I did, no. Here, let me see if I can find it. Uh, because it's great. Um, it very quickly rose to be the most... Uh, <laughs> the uh, most, downvoted, right? Yeah, yeah. It had like four hundred and ninety thousand downvotes the last time I looked at it. Um, let's see if I can find it. I don't even know if I can. Uh, but basically, they just said that it. The 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 thing that really upset people is their their first line where they basically said we set this to these limits so that people would feel a sense of accomplishment uh, when they unlocked a hero uh, or a sense of achievement. That's what it is. So. <laughs> Or, you know, open your wallet and just give them two, $5. Yeah, I mean, that's what they really want. I don't even know how much the heroes are. It's funny. I've, I've, This has been everywhere. It will not go away. It's on the front page of uh, Reddit every day. If you go to any major game outlet right now, like if I pull up Polygon, I'm sure that it's on the main page. Um, uh, don't play a video, please. Uh, yep, there it is. So, I mean, you don't have to you don't have to go far. To, to find people covering it. But anyway, the, the point is, I don't even know what the prices are. Like, I, have, I haven't even followed it that closely. I imagine one of them is at least two ninety nine. Oh, that seems like I, a pretty, I bet it's pretty good one. That. I think that, well, I, and that's for like the little tier. Like you can get like a thousand credits for two ninety nine, and then it goes like five ninety nine, nine ninety nine, and then like twenty, fifty, ninety nine dollars. Mm, that's that, that might be that's like the standard free to play uh, breakpoints usually. Yeah, that's pretty good. Battlefront 2, uh, let's see, uh, maybe Xbox has some insight into the into the pricing here. Uh, uh, pre-order, there's the Elite Trooper Edition, I don't know what that includes. Uh, they, don't, they don't have the DLC content uh, listed out yet, but I'm sure it's great. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'd, that's the thing is like, I'd, I'm still kind of curious about the the campaign, and it's been so long since we had a single player Star Wars game of of any kind, really. Um, kind of jonesing for one. Well, I mean, what do you, what are your memories of Star Wars? Like, it, it has a pretty good history in video games. What do you have a fond a fondness for? Oh, I remember. I mean, I, I've liked you know most of. I played that even that stupid Yoda Tales. <laughs> Yoda <laughs> stories. Yeah, Yoda story. That shitty game. Fuck yeah. Uh, I wanted Yoda stories so bad. I begged and begged and begged my parents for Yoda stories. Anytime I saw it in like the store, uh, and it is pretty bad. It's not good at all. Uh, I didn't actually get to play it until like years and years later. I found it on like a vaporware site and, or abandonware or whatever. Um, and it really does not live up to expectations. Mm-mm. No, very disappointing. But I, mean, I think most people would say, you know, Knights of the Old Republic is, you know, usually like the end all be all of, of top rated Star Wars games. But Jedi Academy is great. In fact, the Jedi Knight series as a whole is pretty damn good. I was going to say I'd put I'd put Jedi Outcast uh, ahead of Knights of the Old Republic um, or even uh, Dark Forces uh, 2. The, I don't think I've actually played Dark Forces. The first the first Jedi Knight. So there was Dark Forces and then there was there was Jedi Knight and then there was Outcast and Academy. And uh, oh, the the Rogue Squadron games, uh, those were really good too. Rogue Squadron's really good. Uh, and then this is how this is how bad it is for me. Um, did you ever play Rebel Assault? No. Oh man, I loved. There were two of them, and I loved the shit out of both of those, uh, especially the second one because you had like the whole game was like full motion video, and I'm such a sucker for that stuff. It's. <laughs> It's so bad looking. Like I think I've I think I've seen some video of the of the FMV and it, it it is like oh Jesus. It's bad and the actors are terrible and uh but it, it I think it's really charming and uh I actually might have to go find that. Maybe it's on Gog. Uh cuz I would love to play that again. I'm sure you can find it somewhere. I'll bet I'll bet that's a trip. 
Oh, and I think we've probably talked about this at some point on the podcast, but the the pod racing game, that, that game was really good. Yes, it is. That was that was the best part of the prequels, actually. Uh, it, it is, and it was one of my favorite uh, one of my favorite games on the Nintendo sixty four uh, back in the day. Yeah, I played um, the shit out of that game. But yeah, Rogue, Rogue Squadron and Star Wars Racer, like just those two alone, are in, amazing games. Like it's a it's a franchise that has had so much luck with video games. It's unbelievable um, because I can't think of a franchise, that, and I, maybe I've said this on the on the cast before, but I can't think of a franchise that has had more consistent hits than misses. And I would say that is the case with Star Wars. I think there are more good Star Wars games mm-hmm. than bad. Uh, so when I was reading like some you know comments about like all this stuff, I. I stumbled upon a comment saying that I that that was they were curious if Disney's like you know a, approval approved of of EA's handling of the Star Wars license. Uh huh. I I read something similar. And 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 you know I'm interested if they are because what they've had the license for almost like three or four years now or something, mm-hmm. and they've only done two games. And I get I don't know how the whole price how much EA paid for it if it's like a. If Disney gets like a you know just a certain percentage of sales, or if it's just a flat rate, I don't who knows. Um, but I'm curious if if they you know they're not necessarily happy with how how few games have actually come out through Star Wars, and the fact that they just canceled a, a you know another one. That's a that's actually an interesting angle on it because the thing that I was reading, they basically just dismissed it as like Disney's a greedy corporation, so of course they love this greedy corporation. But that's an interesting angle. It was like, you know, they, they've missed deadlines. Uh, they've released uh, uh, the first Battlefront, which didn't really release to critical acclaim. I mean, it did okay. Yeah. Uh, and I assume it sold well. But again, like anything with Star Wars sells well. So that's not an achievement in and of itself. And, and I, think, I think Disney to them, it's, it's more they want Star Wars in your mind at all times. That's like that's sa- true. Same with Marvel. Like, like they, they like, release more games not not one every two or three years like release them every year so that our people are always hyped for star wars so that they'll go to see the next movie and they'll go play the next game and the next movie and it's just like a never-ending cycle so i wouldn't be surprised if they if they you know when it time the time comes to to re-up that contract if if they're like you need to start doing other stuff like make more games i think we've already done this before but who would you give it to if you could give the ip to someone else oh i don't know honestly i i would not give the whole ip if i was disney i would you know shop around and and let studios buy buy it for me because because i don't think there's one single studio that can handle every game run the gamut of games can be yeah that's true because like you want another like rpg right like maybe a knights of the old republic style yeah. Uh, game but simultaneously like it would be fun to have uh you know a good version of battlefront um yeah God, like, it's, uh, it's too bad ea owns respawn now i was gonna say you give it to respawn not anymore not anymore doesn't doesn't make a difference um yeah I, I think you're right i think that if they were just kind of freed from the shackles of electronic arts i think that in and of itself would make a difference let me ask this do you think that disney to your mind is concerned about quality like do they do you feel that way about the way that they handle the property other than video games i i mean i think number one they care about money but i i I think that probably secondary is they would want it to be relatively good maybe not i don't think they need like a critically acclaimed game but i think they would prefer a game that is more you know this is something that keeps it being talked about because it's a bad game it'll just be talked about for three to four months when it during the release and then stop. But if it's even a good game or a great game, it kind of stays in the public consciousness and then keeps, keeps star Wars in your mind. And then you keep going to see the movies mm-hmm. again. That's completely my, my opinion, but I think that's their overall goal is to just no, keep shit in your head. I think you're right. So to that end, this is a dumb question. Do you think they were happy with the force awakens? I think so. I mean, they would have to be from a performance perspective, like, and from a, from, I, and I, I mean, you know, it, it wasn't, it wasn't a bad movie. I mean, a lot of people have, you know, their, their gripes, but it, it, it needed to be better than the prequels. And it was, it kind of had like a, it kind of had like a Bioshock infinite, uh, effect where like it released to like great acclaim and then slowly like stuff started piling on and they're like, I don't like this and raise a Mary Sue and, uh, you know, just, just all this stuff. Um, and, and it, a lot of the criticisms are, are definitely fair. I don't think it's a perfect movie by any stretch of the imagination, but it, it, 
you know, it was a fun ride and it made me, you know, actually excited for a Star Wars movie again. Yeah. I mean, that in and of itself, it, it was a Star Wars movie where when I watched it in the theater, I didn't want to kill myself. Well, I, I saw it twice in the theater. I have not seen a movie twice in the theater for years before that. that. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. You going to go see Last Jedi on, on opening night? I don't know about opening night, but probably pretty pretty soon i'm pretty stoked for this one pretty early on uh i i assume you probably feel the way that i do uh in the uh the director gets me a lot more excited mm-hmm. um, well well i don't know if you heard this but they uh, disney apparently gave him the go-ahead to do a whole other trilogy separated from the the main storyline i did hear that um which I, I i imagine has to mean that they're pretty happy with his work i like the idea of him being free from the, the main, Star Wars, the uh, main storyline too. Yeah. Like I, I'm totally happy to have him keep making Star Wars movies if he's good at it and he likes it. Um, but I, but I like a lot of his, you know, like story choices. And so the idea of him not having to worry about, you, you know, you get kind of hamstrung when you make the middle movie in a trilogy uh, because you know where you have to end up, right? Like you can't, mm-hmm. you can't like kill half the cast and hand that off to Colin Trevorrow and be like, all right, good luck. Like, but you left me no one. I hope you. I hope you figure that out, because boy, I really fucked this up. <laughs> like, I did it real dirty. Yeah, um, and, and I think I've, I've I've said this before, but it's like I mean, the more the whole universe of Star Wars is interesting. So you know, there are plenty of stories that can be had without the Skywalkers in them. Sure. Yeah. Without without lightsabers, you know. Exactly. Uh, so maybe you'll get what you want. Maybe we're gonna get like a gritty uh, noir Star Wars trilogy. Oh, if he like, I mean, he made Brick and Brick's one of my favorite movies. And mm-hmm. so if I could get a noir type of Star Wars film without without lightsabers and Jedi, I would I would die a happy man. What if he just remakes Brick, but it's in space? Well, OK, fine. Let's do with it. <laughs> let's see what let's see what that gets us. Why not? Let's try it. Uh, Standard da- uh, damsel in distress story in the Star Wars universe. Hell yeah. Yeah, let's I'm I'm down. I, I like it. a femme fatale. Some shit like that. Maybe a, a female Trandoshan. <gasps> Trandoshans uh, from from Zero Baby. Wait, Bosk can work. Bosk can be the 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 detective guy. Oh yeah, and his wife gets killed or something like that. It's I love it. That's pretty good. Uh, I have to confess something though. Up until I looked at his picture, I thought Bosk was the guy who wears the head wrap. Um, oh, uh, Dengar. Yeah, uh, is it Dengar or Gengar? It's Dengar. No, Gengar is a Pokemon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. Well, that you know, I, I'm not great at Star Wars. Um, I, I can recall. I think almost all the bounty hunters in the Empire Strikes Back scene, except one of them. Really? Uh, so uh-huh. I can do IG88. Uh-huh. Uh huh. There's there's Dengar. Uh, Dengar. There's Boba Fett. There's uh, Zuckus. Zuckus was the one I wasn't remembering. Oh, really? So uh, who's who's the robot who looks like C-3PO, but he isn't? Zuckus's pal. Um, they're a team. It's Forlom. Forlom. <laughs> we are such fucking nerds. <laughs> uh, the fact that either of us have seen boobs is really hard to believe. It's unfathomable, really. <laughs> it, it, it is. It's impossible to it's impossible to hear this podcast and, and think like, man, there's two two fellas, two boob witnesses. These people made it with women. I mean, to be fair, I've had to pay every time, but <laughs> but I did see them. They were definitely they still there. let you. They were certainly there. Uh, made the marriage a little weird, but whatever. Um, but yeah. Anyway, so Battlefront Two, uh, disaster on all fronts, and yet I still might play it. I think that sums it up pretty well. Yep. Uh, and, and you know what? I actually, I almost, I almost want to buy it, uh, to go against the tide. Well, and, and just, just to, just to show EA that like having a big ass sack like they do can pay off. Like, damn, it takes some nuts to base, to look the community in the eye and be like, okay, here you go. Like this is, this is basically, this is a Marie Antoinette, let them eat cake moment. Like. I'm I'm pretty positive that if when next time when Battlefront Three comes out, they can just say, "Yeah, it's got microtransactions. Go fuck yourself." Yeah, pretty much. They can, and then just nothing, nothing, no campaigns, no, no trying to win the fans over. Be like, "Yep." Fuck I think you. I think they'll call it Battlefront Three, and you have to pay to get the B. 
<laughs> like, yeah, that's how it is, dog. If you want that B, that's going to be five ninety nine. Otherwise, you get this case that doesn't have the letter. So go fuck yourself. Why not? Um, so, yeah, anyway, that happened. Uh, let's talk a little bit about uh, other games and shit, too, though. Um, and I, I'm going to give way this week. We've been waiting forever to talk about Divinity. And I think it's time to just to just get it over with. Um, and knowing you, I'm sure your description here is going to be very brief. Um, it's shitty. No, it, it's pretty good, right? Um, no, it, it is. It is really good. Um, I, I really enjoyed the first one. Uh, it wasn't perfect. And this one has has some stuff. Um, but yeah, it's it. You know, it's 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 good. I, I will get I'll try to get, be more uh, verbose. Um, well, so let me but, ask, let me ask this because I think people who are interested. Well, so first question: uh, I didn't play Divinity One. Can I play Divinity Two? Yeah, yeah, you can. So this story, uh, I'm trying to remember. It's like thousands of years removed. Oh, okay. Um, so it's like a it's like a long time. Like there's yeah. no. Are, are there characters who they've like found a way to make reappear anyway, or is it? There are a couple. So like, there's a there's a couple. There's one really big character. Um, he was kind of a big deal in the first game, and he's he's uh, you know he's in this game as well. Mm. Um, and then there's some other secondary one who was a party member, I think, in your first one. Spoiler alert, I guess, if you care. Are these people who just like live a long time, or are they? Did they like fall into a cryo tube? Or I'm not entirely sure why one of those guys is still alive. <laughs> okay, um, but he is. <laughs> and then and then the other one's like a god or something. Yeah, he's like a huge. Like he's he's a pretty big protagonist in the in the series. Mm. I think this is this this is, there have been a lot of games besides these two. So um, e- even this story is kind of tied with another, you know, the the uh, div- regular Divinity games, which I've never played any of those. Oh, I've only what? played this series. Yeah, this, there's this is actually news to me. I didn't know there was a Divinity game. Oh yeah, there there's there's like whole series like there's Divine Divinity, Divinity Two. I'm trying oh, to think whoa, how many there what? are. Divinity Dragon Commander, Divinity. You know what's sad about this is I recognize the cover of Divinity Two. Um, I just never made the connection. I literally never made the connection that these were all. Yeah, so they have a pretty big overarching mythos. Huh. Okay. But... Yeah, I mean, even the, the first, the original Sin 1, you didn't really need to know much of the uh, overall mythos. And same same with 2. It's just, you know, it's kind of fun to know some of the backstory. So in what ways is this better than the first one? It's... God, I don't even know if I can answer that. Like, because it would be a spoiler or because... No, it's just, I feel like there's more, there's just kind of more options. It, it's, it's, it's more polished than the first one was. Mm-hmm. Um... It is the more you know more customization I think for your character. You've got you know better backstory. The story overall, I think that probably the biggest change is the the first game had a a lot more like silly a little bit, not like crazy silly, but it, the story was kind of goofy. Mm-hmm. And um, I mean, there are elements of of goofiness in this 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 second game story, but it's a little bit more, I guess, down to earth as much as you can with you know dwarves and dragons and shit, but. Mm-hmm. It, yeah, it's it's a little bit more of a mature story, I guess. Oh, okay. I mean, I like the sound of that. How about uh, how about stuff like player choice? Does it play a bigger role, or is it the same pretty much? Or I, I player choice is still the same. You can you can build your character as much as you want. There's you can you kind of can set a, a predetermined class, but again, it, it doesn't really. You could swap that to be com- something completely different once you're actually playing the game. And they're pretty good about after a certain point in the game, you can respec. So even if you, you know, if you picked a class that you hated and, you know, you're just not really good with it, you can just change it completely to, to something else. Can I, uh, can I be a very charming individual who prefers to talk rather than fight? Yeah, actually. And that, that is probably one of the biggest things is that there are quite a lot of options for like how you can, can approach encounters. So you can get through quite a few encounters with just kind of talking your way out of it, depending on like your persuasion and, uh, you know, your background or you know, what, what, what skills you've got. Um, your race can play a, a big part of it because, you know, depending on your race, certain races have special dialogue uh, choices. Uh, but yeah, yeah, the, 
you know, there's there's a ton of ways to really kind of finish a quest. And, and actually, that that's one of probably one of the, the the bigger issues with the game is when it comes to you can kind of have the freedom to kind of kind of really you know do your own thing. And so sometimes the you'll kind of finish a quest before you even know anything about it, and it oh. kind of fucks with the quest log. Okay. And that's actually probably one of the biggest complaints is that the quest log was just like fucked up for mo- weeks after the release. And I'm pretty sure there are quite a few that are just still fucked up if I was to play through the game again. Oh, really? Yeah, like it's like it'll just never close because you did it out of out of like a kind of sequence a little bit. Mm-hmm. Like you missed one thing. And so it's like, oh, we'll go talk to this guy. And it's like, yeah, well, I already killed that guy. And I saved everybody. And you still want me to go talk to a dead guy. I've had I've had stuff like that happen to me in games before. Uh, it seems like it's a I don't want to say like a common thing, but I, I know that that's happened to me in CRPGs. Uh, I think I had that experience in Wasteland 2, actually, where I was like positive that I had cleared a quest, but the game was like insisting I still go somewhere. And it's like, but I went there. <laughs> yeah. And like when I will go and talk to the guy it tells me to talk to, he's just like, get out because I made him mad during the quest or whatever. And I, I, I mean, you know, it's annoying, but I think at the same time, it's unless we want this game to take, you know, 27 years to come out. I think it's just a, a byproduct of of having it be a little more open ended with how you tackle these kind of things. Sure. And I mean, it sounds like, you know, despite that issue, it, it doesn't sound like that would stop you from recommending the game to anybody. Mm-hmm. And and this is one of the games it, it, they kind of cheat a bit, but you could kill like almost anybody. Oh like, really? Like if you started the game, you could just walk into the you know the, the first place is called Fort Joy and just kill almost anyone you see. With with the handful of certain characters who who you know have to come have to survive or come back to to actually spur the story on, mm-hmm. um, you can kill almost anybody. With with consequences or I mean I mean like you'll if, you'll kill their 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 quest will end or or if they were needed to do a quest it will stop their quest. But like if I go into a town and start attacking someone, people will try to stop me, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, the guards will, and depending, like some of the characters will just you know obviously fight back. Some of them will try and run away. Um, I think uh, I was I always you know you just kind of did play the game normally, so I never really had ran, ran into too much of this. But I, th- I think depending on if your reputation, like if once you start killing people. You kill enough people, eventually everyone's just going to be like, "This dude's just crazy," and they'll attack you no matter oh, what. So they just they just go hostile to you. Yeah, I, I, but I think it takes a little. I think there is like a, a type of like a reputation system. Um, but I, again, I, I played the game normally, so I never really ran up against that. So you you kind of are a, a little bit of a not like Lucio, but like you're a you're a little bit of a CRPG follower, right? Mm-hmm. Um. Where do you rank this like among the other greats out there? Is there uh I I'd rank something... this one pretty high. I, I, I really enjoyed this game. Is there something that sticks out really obviously that you'd recommend before it? Uh, I don't know what I would recommend before it, but I mean, you know, I mean there's obviously the classic CRPGs like, you know, uh Baldur's Gate and stuff like and Neverwinter. Right, uh, right. And and those are, you know, s- still awesome. But I mean, I guess for like a uh any of these kind of games in a the more modern modern games, I, I don't think you can do too too much better than this. I wasn't actually a huge fan of Pillars of, of Eternity. I, I didn't get very far in it. That was the one that before. was on my that was on my tongue. You, you haven't messed with Tyranny yet, have you? Uh, no. So those ones are or that one's a little bit of a mystery, but uh, I, I like this one. I think because the I think Pillars of Eternity and, and Tyranny, they're kind of I guess more real time. I guess like uh-huh. you can pause the game, obviously, but but this one, like you have to, it's kind of more turn-based CRPG. That's more my style. Yeah, and and I really, I really like the the battle system overall of of this game, hmm. as okay. opposed to just the more click and walk kind of regular uh, Baldur's Gate type. Yeah, I have a big issue with like really mousy games, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, it's why I don't like stuff like Diablo. Um, I don't know. I don't know what it is. There's something about if if I control a game 100% with the mouse, I'm skeptical of how much I will enjoy it. It, it, it can be tiring, and I mean, you do use the mouse quite a bit for this game, but I think I'm just sure. you know, you kind of you can sit back and and maybe plan your move out a bit more. Mm-hmm. It, it reduces the tedium, I guess. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's true. I can see that working out better. All right, well, maybe I'll... Uh, I say maybe I'll check it out. I'm not going to check it out. Um, it, it's a long game. Yeah, like, and that's the last thing I need right now. 
the first act is is long the first and second acts are are super long and it's it's great from a value standpoint but yeah they're they're long ass games did you beat it mm, i have beaten it oh yeah it says uh main story is 56 hours 80 and a half if you do extra extra content i'd believe it so and i mean I, I could obviously i only did a you know there's six characters and each of them has their own kind of background story. Mm-hmm. And so you guys, you, you know, once you pick your characters, you can only kind of get the full story for three of the six, you know, predetermined backgrounds. So you could play through the game again and get the other backstory. Oh, shit. Yeah. A lot of them are kind of intertwined. Like as you play the game, you, you realize, oh, I see how these stories kind of can intertwine with each other. Mm-hmm. Um, so you wouldn't be missing up too much if you if you didn't, you know, play it again. Because sure. you can kind of see how the beats are coming. Um, but yeah, if you really want the whole total package, yeah, you'd have to play it twice, uh, twice through. That's still interesting. Yeah. Like I said, uh, I don't like long games anymore, but if I did, (laughs) I'd be, my curiosity would be peaked. Um, I've been playing a game too, that I feel like is worth mentioning. Uh, and I don't know whether or not this is something that will interest you at all. Did you ever play gunpoint? No, you missed out because it's great. Uh, Gunpoint is a uh, it's like a two D side scroller where you sneak into buildings uh, and you you have like a, a hacking device that lets you break into things like like the lights in the building and okay. s- stuff like that. And so you you can hack into stuff and like um, maybe an enemy walks by a vent, so you make that vent like burst and knock them out. Or or something along those lines. Uh, so it's it's that kind of thing. Okay. Um, and it's really well done. And the the hacking element in particular is really fun. It makes you feel like you're causing a lot of chaos. And uh, it's something that so it's it's a game developed by a single person. His name's Tom Francis. And uh, Tom has, in my opinion, at least I I hope that's his name. Uh, in my opinion, he has an excellent grasp on like how fun it is to just fuck with people. Or like to fuck with an AI, basically, um, and kind of always have a sense that like you know more than your enemies, and they're just falling into like traps of yours and and things like that. Um, and so to that end, his second game, uh, which is called Heat Signature, is a uh, game where you basically uh, it's kind of like a roguelike, which normally is a huge turnoff for me. But the idea is you're you're at this bar where mercenaries hang out on a space station, mm-hmm. and uh, you'll have three mercenaries at the bar, and they each have unique names and backstories, and uh, I, I think their stories are randomly generated, uh, from what I can tell. But they basically they'll have like a personal quest, and so it'll say like you know someone kidnapped my girlfriend, and I need to track her down, um, and so. To to get to that personal quest, you basically go to a mission board and start doing regular missions to earn enough money to get the intel that you need to uh, to fulfill the personal quest, basically. Um, but here's the catch: if you get if you get killed while you're out there doing these missions, uh, that character just dies forever, and a new one replaces them at the bar. Um, so every time you play, you can pick a different character or you can keep picking the same one over and over again. Um, but, uh, if they die, you're, you're in a little bit of trouble, but, uh, it plays like a top down, uh, game, kind of like hotline Miami. Mm -hmm. And, uh, the idea is you, you fly to these ships where your missions are and missions can range all over the place. It could be something like, uh, assassinate a person on the ship or uh, steal something, steal like an item on the ship, or maybe even hijack the ship, like take it over. Uh, so those are all potential scenarios that you might run into. Um, and, and a lot of times the missions have like constraints too, like uh, no lethal weapons or, you know, just all, all kinds of different different options. Um, but it, it plays out kind of like a little bit, a little half stealth, half Hotline Miami action uh, where you you walk around the ship and try and take people out and and complete the objective, um, but there's there's a lot of weird catches and there's a lot of kind of gunpoint uh, esque messing with people aspects. So, for example, um, maybe what you do in one room where you know a guard patrols, um, you could just break out the window 
when you know he he walks by there and uh that'll they get sucked out into space they get sucked down into space okay maybe that's too complex maybe what you do is uh, or maybe that's not complex enough maybe you leave a teleporter there um and then break the window and then drop the teleporter in another part of the ship where you know a different guard patrols right and so he winds up walking into your teleporter on accident and then he gets sucked out the window um maybe maybe fuck the window maybe you find uh, there's so many different ways that you can mess with people and there's like all these gadgets and uh weird ideas and concepts there's teleporters that like switch places with you and another character uh so just by clicking them the two of you will just trade places and Mm -hmm. this can get complex to the point where like you can let a character this is something that like uh dishonored did that i still am just in love with to this day let an let an enemy shoot at you, uh, and then teleport and switch places with them, and they'll get shot by their own bullet. So there's shit like that that you can do. Uh, you can slow down time when you're aiming, um, and so that can make you do like some really neat, cool things. Um, a lot of times, I just get shot and get knocked out, though. Well, you're bad at games. Yeah, that's true. There is uh, kind of a curious uh, little thing that they do where if you get knocked out, rather than um, rather than that just being game over, what will happen is the soldier who knocked you out will pick you up and carry you to the airlock and throw you out. Um, Aw, that's not very nice. You can call, you're, you're in a spacesuit, so you can call your ship remotely and come pick you up. Um, but the ship's kind of hard to drive and kind of hard to control. And the longer you take to pick yourself up, the more exposed you are to to the elements or or the more out of oxygen you become. And uh, every time it happens, you basically lose like a little bit of hardiness. And anytime it happens to your character, they they can't survive as long out in space. So they get progressively worse. Yeah. And so that's how you eventually die is you you just kind of become progressively more and more unhealthy until you can live no longer. And uh, and have to go down that route. But uh, all in all, it's a really interesting game. Uh, the writing in it is really clever, uh, just like Gunpoint. Gunpoint was kind of notorious for being a really funny uh, game, and this one's kind of like that too. There's just so many little like throwaway gags and little lines. Like whenever you take a mission, it'll tell you how like full the crew on the ship is, and the easy missions generally have a skeleton crew. And the description makes sure to clarify that that means that there's not very many, not that it's a crew of skeletons. <laughs> That's pretty good. And I'm just, I'm, I'm tickled by stuff like that. Like that, that, that kind of stuff gets me. So it looks interesting. I'm, I'm looking at the Steam page right now. Yeah, uh, I, I'm actually pretty happy with it. Like it was, uh, it was just 15 bucks. So I mean, it's a real cheap one. Uh, it's very simple. It kind of has like a, it has like a dwarf fortress kind of feel to it, where mm-hmm. Uh, it looks so rudimentary and, and maybe I would even go so far as to say like not very interesting. Um, but in but in reality, like it winds up being quite interesting, I think. The gameplay itself is interesting. Right, exactly. So if you have like a good imagination, uh, I think you can have a lot of fun with it. Um, but if you're the type of person who's looking forward to Star Wars Battlefront 2 because of how good the graphics are, uh, this game will be really upsetting to you. Um I, I mean, clearly Battlefront 2 knocks this out of the park, but but I mean, you know, if you need a, a time break between when your credits are on cooldown for Battlefront 2, <laughs> I'd play this game. Yeah, actually, that's a great idea. Uh, and I haven't even I haven't even done some of the big stuff. So a, a big part of the game is like unlocking other stations and uh, basically like liberating the galaxy. And I haven't done any of that yet. I've been playing for a couple hours now. And uh, so there's there's a ton of stuff that I haven't even like unlocked or started working on yet. So I can't even speak to a lot of like the progression and uh, and the way that the game works. But uh, I've been really impressed with it so far and it totally flew under my radar and nobody was talking about this game when it released. At least I didn't feel like it. Well, yeah, it released in September. So yeah, I don't think I've heard anything about it. It's It's been out for a while uh, and it, it just didn't quite make a splash like Gunpoint did. Um, but it's really pretty good. And actually, if you look at uh, if you look at the uh, animated gifs when you scroll down on the Steam page, they've got some examples of what I'm talking about. Where like there's almost like a Mexican standoff going on, or on in one of these, and he winds up like teleporting and switching places with another character, and uh, and, and then 
everybody dies. Um, so it, it, it's really interesting. I, uh, I I really, like I said, I'd, I'd recommend it so far. How much are the microtransactions in it? Uh, I don't think there are any. What? I know. Um, and it looks like most people get, it, this is one of those games that seems to get like either a ton of mileage or not very much. Um, it looks like, I mean, most of the Steam reviews are like a minimum of 10 hours. Um, it seems pretty positive uh, positive on it. So Man, some people are up to like 60, 70 hours in this game. So, I mean, like I said, if it's if it's the right like fit for you, I think you could really get your money's worth out of it. So definitely, uh, definitely worth checking out. Uh, but yeah, I, I followed him developing this on Twitter for like a long time uh, because I was such a fan of Gunpoint. And um, I think this might be better than Gunpoint. It's not quite as tight, but I think it's just a little more interesting. Like I think he's doing really interesting things for a game that's basically developed by one guy. And made in Game Maker, by the way. Game Maker? Game Maker, yeah. He's not using Unity Lord. or anything. He's just, he's literally using Game Maker, which back when we were doing RPG Maker, like Game Maker was right there with it as like the the redheaded stepchild uh, alongside RPG Maker. So it's it's even more impressive when you consider that. What is with all these, you know, one man dev teams seeming to come up with better games than. Like Star- humongous AAA studios, like, like like Stardew Valley. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. I was like, Stardew Valley is one of the, my my favorite games in the last few years, and it's just one dude. A lot of times, you just have to like tap into something that I, I'm sure this was a game where uh, I, I think that uh, I think this guy really has an attitude towards game development, where he makes things that he thinks are fun and things that he likes doing, and what he likes doing is dicking around, basically. And so he made a game that's entirely based around dicking around. And I think Stardew Valley kind of has a similar philosophy. I guess what I'd say is when you have a game that's developed by like a very small team or even better one person, it's a very pure vision, right? Mm -hmm. They don't have to compromise. Nobody gets to tell them like, maybe we shouldn't have a mine that the player can go in to fight monsters. Nobody tells them that. There, there's less of a chance of the design by committee effect. Right. Yeah, exactly. On smaller studios. And so you wind up getting games that are at the very least very pure in in tone or, or to the creator's desire for what it'll do. Conversely, I can go onto Steam and click the list of games. Yeah, and, that's true. And find a lot of them developed by one person uh, that are fucking disasters absolute trash um but i think when it's when it's like pure and when someone really has like a lot of passion uh for this talent it's the same reason that we get excited by the idea of ryan johnson directing a standalone star wars trilogy because that's where disney's gonna not be standing there over his shoulder being like no 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 don't do that you know uh that that's what you want is you want uh you want a single source of creativity i guess you know that's the upside to the fact that games are easier to create now than they were 10 years ago yeah i mean everything's got a trade-off right like yes it's easier to make games and yes we now have a lot of very bad games uh but we also you know we get games that you're we wouldn't ever see again because they're just not profitable yeah but they are profitable when it's one dude in his basement making it i'm very hesitant to tell you the name of any game that is comparable to heat signature i can't think of anything like it it is uh, quite wholly unique. Um, it de- like it plays a little bit like Hotline Miami, but you're definitely not doing half of the shit in Hotline Miami that you're doing in this game. Uh, it gets it gets pretty wild and pretty out of control. I will say I've I've been very kind to it, and I I feel like before I'm done talking about, it, I maybe should just levy a, a criticism or two. And I think the biggest one I have is the in the inventory is just confusing as hell. Uh, and you're not really given an explanation for how it works or what to do with it. Um, but there is so much text and so many definitions and explanations to read. And items are kind of confusing. It's hard to know which ones like recharge and which ones are one-time use and then they're gone forever. Are there a lot of items? Oh, yes. There's a ton. Um, and a- after you clear a ship, uh, you're actually able to go into the pause menu and it'll show you all the items that are on the ship. And you can immediately click on them to teleport the item to you. So you don't have to go back to like certain rooms to get them. Um, Anyway, long story short, you wind up collecting a lot of loot if you wind up picking everything up that you want. Mm 
Uh, so there can potentially be like a ton of stuff there. I've also noticed some inconsistencies. Uh, I did an assassination mission where I was supposed to kill the guy. And um, the first time I did one, I only brought non-lethal weapons, so I couldn't kill him. But in the pause menu, there was a there was a kill option. So I, I paused the game and then just pushed that and it killed him uh, after I'd already knocked him out. Um, but then when I did another assassin mission, that that option was gone. And I don't know why. <laughs> uh, and so rather than kill him, I picked him up and carried him all the way back to the space station and dropped him in like the mission complete area where you would normally drop like treasure you capture. Uh-huh. And that completed the mission. You just needed to capture him. But I don't understand why. It very clearly said assassinate. Uh, so I feel like maybe there's an error there. Um, but I assassinated him by knocking him out and dropping him in a giant dumpster, basically. Space dumpster. A space dumpster. Yeah, just like you would have. I think it's, in, you know, uh, this is something that the inventory systems are are a problem from AAA to small studios. And I'm not sure if there's any game that's actually been able to solve it. That's an interesting question. Is there a game that has a good inventory system where you're managing a large number of items? Uh, I know that The Witcher 3 is not nominated, in, uh-huh. in my opinion. I really can't think of, of one that really does it flawlessly, even really good. Like, it's just something that you kind of have to deal with. I mean, simple games, it's not a problem. I think of stuff yeah. like like The Last of Us and things like that. And like, it's fine. It works. But with that, you only have a, you know, kind of a set amount of, of items you can get. But when right, you start going into right. you, you pick up 20, 30 plus items at any given time, it kind of all falls apart. Yeah, that's true. I need to think about this because I feel like there's got to be something out there uh, that does a good job. But this is just, Heat Signature is just a mess. It's, it, it is littered. It, it's a novel sometimes uh, to read some of the shit that, that they put in here. Um, but anyway, really cool game. Uh, it's fun to go onto ships and cause chaos and hack turrets and, uh, you know, set traps for people. And it, it basically, it taps into a lot of like juvenile desires. Um, you know, when you would play Grand Theft Auto back in the day and you wouldn't even do anything, you'd just like cause mayhem. Kill hookers, run over random people, just fuck with the police. Yep. The game kind of feels like that. It kind of feels like you're just fucking around basically. So if you like fucking around which you should, uh, give Heat Signature a try. This if you me- don't, play Battlefront 2 this out mes- Friday. <laughs> this message paid for by the developers of Heat Signature. Well, I think we're probably coming up on uh, on time here. Uh, any last uh, thoughts? What's what's? Here's a question. What's, what's on Doug's Horizon? What's coming out that you're excited for? Uh, coming out soon. Just, I don't know just if period. I period. Just period. What's the next thing you're looking forward to realistically? Nothing. <laughs> I uh, game wise, I couldn't really think anything anything big that's happening. I I might get a switch this week. Oh really? I, I might. I I'm gonna be off all next week, and my wife's not gonna be off, so I gotta have something to do. Well, now's a good time to uh, dig your teeth into Zelda and Mario. Exactly, and I have, and the Nintendo just does not want to have any sort of sale on this, so I might as well just buy it. No, yeah, I've got a coworker who's waiting for Black Friday, and I'm no, like, there ain't nothing. I'm she, like, you're not, you're not going to get anything. They can give up on that. Yeah, that's there's there's no way. Um, but having said that, uh, I still think you'll be happy with it. Um, I was kind of down on the Switch when I very first got it because uh, I th- I thought the hardware was like a little cheap and a little bullshit. Um, and I still feel that way a little bit. I think that it would be nice if there's like a, a hardware revision that kind of cleans it up a little bit. Um, but having said that, it's been a really good experience overall. Um, I, I think, and I think you've said it, this, I think the switch could be the game or actually maybe we'll start playing a little bit more indie games. Yeah. Just cause I, I don't really love playing indie games on the PC. Like it's kind of weird though. I thought I thought for sure with Stardew Valley that I'd be like docking it all the time and playing it on the TV and then picking it up too, but I really only like playing it on the handheld. Um, yeah, see, I, I think I can understand though, because I, I can just be in bed and yeah, and just chilling with my wife but, and just <laughs> playing it. But the appeal to me was that I could do both, right? 
Um, but having said that, I, I did do that for like Steam World Dig. Uh, so I, I very much did play that in a way where, uh, you know, I was docking it all the time, but then picking it up and taking it with me. The one thing it's kind of done for me is it's illustrated how bad my eyesight's getting as I get older. Because uh, I'm holding the switch up to my face and like looking at the map and, and doing fine. And then I dock it on the TV and I'm like squinting and leaning forward and be like, where the, where the fuck does that say? No, I, I definitely get that too. And I mean, I already wear glasses, so. <laughs> yeah, I my my age is catching up to me. Uh, well, why do they got to make the text so small? I definitely find myself sitting closer to the TV than I used to. Uh, so that that part's kind of a bummer. My bifocal prescription hasn't come in yet. It was, it was tarnation, <laughs> I do say. Um, I do declare. But uh, yeah, anyway, it's it's great, and it's nice to again, like it's nice to have a console where if I can't see something very well, I can just pick it up out of the dock, and you know, ta-da! Like I've I've done it. Um, I, I've said this before, but I think that this is the path that consoles should go down um, because they can't keep up with PCs. They just can't. Uh, and so- um, Jared, the Xbox One X just came out, so I think that's a lie. Okay, I'm sorry. I take it back. They it's the world's most advanced console. So Okay, so Microsoft's fine, but Sony needs to kind of think about this because, again, like I, I think for the most part, if you're really into games and you're serious about it, you build a gaming rig, right? Um, but the Switch does a really unique thing that nobody else can do, uh, and I, I think that I think they were right to like try and tap into that market. And I don't think the Switch is going to be like the perfect one where they nail it and like that's it, we're done. Um, but I think whatever Nintendo does after this, if they if they stick to this model, I think they'll have something like really really special. So. You gotta have a console you can take to a garden party. But more than that, if they just keep making fucking Zelda and Mario games like the two they put out this year, we're gonna be fine. It's not gonna that, matter. That really is all they have to do. Just keep releasing the hits. Yeah. I and don't their console will be good. I, I'm glad that they like finally I don't know if it's just that they got really fortunate and both their development cycles happened to line up right when the Switch launched. Um, but whatever reason this happened, I don't care. Great. I'm so happy that it did, because this has been a great year for Nintendo. And uh, I think I think both Zelda and Mario are easily my top two games of the year. No, no questions asked. What's their next? What's next year looking like for them, though? Uh, Metroid Prime, which I'm not really a big fan of. I, I like Metroid games, but not particularly the Prime ones. Um, we'll see. I I I have faith. Um, Fire Emblem Warriors came out. The Dynasty Warriors Fire Emblem crossover, mm-hmm. and that felt like such a match made in heaven to me. Uh, and I did not hear a word about it. I don't know if it's good. I don't know if it's bad. I don't know if it if it sucks. I think I can give you exactly what it is right now. Like it's, like you can tell me its Metacritic score without looking. No, I, I can just tell you exactly everything you need to know about the game. Okay, it's a Dynasty Warriors game. Yeah, you're you're actually really right there. Uh, and it's going to use the Fire Emblem license yet uh, do almost nothing with it. Mm-hmm. Like you're you're not going to be making children. I don't even need to look into it to know that. Like you're you're not going to be creating your your super breed of of uh, of soldiers. Um, which when I look back on Fire Emblem, that's what I liked the most about it was just making babies. Uh, everything else was just okay. But anyway, it's out, so uh, maybe it's good. I don't I don't know. Every once in a while, I get an inch to play a Dynasty Warriors game, and I do it. And I was like, these are so shallow. <laughs> I've only ever owned the Hyrule Warriors. Uh, any other Dynasty Warriors game that I've played has been like at a friend's house. And I was like, I don't need to buy this. Like well, this, yeah, this was that's enough. The game. Uh, I do. I do. They've they've done like this thing with Fire Emblem where they're mixing all the characters like from different games. So like Corin and Krom and Marth are all in the same, you know, thing. And um I have to admit, I am kind of curious to see that story um, and see how goofy as shit it is uh, because that's one of the things that cracks me up about Fire Emblem is how just unabashedly goofy it gets sometimes. God, do you think we'll see that one lady's jugs? Yep, she's she's already a character I know. Oh, maybe that that's worth the $60 alone. There you go. And uh, the the team that does the Warriors games typically don't have any shame 
Ooh. So, because uh, it's it's uh, Koei Tecmo, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm sure that it's I'm sure there's something inappropriate happening in it. Anyway, uh, yeah, I think that that was a good that was a good smattering of games. Uh, won't you join us this weekend to play Battlefront Two? We hope you do. It's going to be a smash success. And uh, if you don't like EA's business practices, uh, s- go s- stuff a rod up your dick. Like, get over it. You know, you guys are so uptight. It's time to get on the on the train. And Maybe get a job so you can pay for it. Yeah, millennials. This is why you guys can't afford houses. Pick yourself up by your space bootstraps and get yourself some Star Wars credits. Yeah, in the year of zero baby. Well, Jared and I trickle down on you. I guess it's after baby now. After baby. It would be after baby. Cause that oh, no, was... it's, it's, it's BBY because it's spanning all, all three eras, Jared. Oh, that's true. Yeah, the game itself. But I just mean like for you and me right now, oh. we're, in, we're in after baby. We are I, in after baby. I don't know what year of after baby. Uh, but we're we're definitely in one of the after baby years. So, all right. Well, hey, if you enjoyed our podcast today, and I don't see how you couldn't have, uh, I think that you should go check out our websites, enemieslime.com. Maybe give us a little subscribe uh, on iTunes, maybe Google Play Music, whatever you use to listen to podcasts. I think we're on Stitcher. I don't know. I never looked. But go find out. Uh, and uh, yeah, follow us on Facebook and Twitter. We're at The Enemy Slime on both of those services. And I think with that, we are at a fitting stopping point. And, and if you want to play Battlefront with me, it's Triple X Blunt King. Oh, yeah, Triple X Blunt King 420. And my name is Dr. Jizz. So find me on PlayStation or Xbox. Or Xbox. I play on both at once. Or I'm, my Nintendo ID. I'm not very good. All right, bye, everybody. Bye.